dig a little deeper into what they want from you and how you can deliver your promise because they came to you with a problem you have a solution and now you're selling the life after right that's the that's the flow all all the flows around all of your sales and marketing what's the client's problem how do your solutions marry to that and how is their life going to look afterwards angel of light come into me show me what i need to see Welcome to the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment When we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose, and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories, and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. As entrepreneurs, we can struggle with feeling really busy in our business, but not seeing the needle of our business move us toward profit. Pete Moore, a business coach, helps entrepreneurs transform their frustrations into freedoms by using a variety of frameworks that help them cut through the chaos and overwhelm of running a business. With over 25 years of experience as a business owner, He has refined many of his tips, tools, and techniques in the trenches within his own businesses. Pete, thanks for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to see you again. You too. I am always looking to have guests on my podcast that have a lot more experience than I or perhaps my listeners have because I feel like we can learn a lot from people who have gone before us. Are you calling me old, Pauline? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you're calling me old. <laughs> no, wisdom filled. <laughs> it's all good. You know, it, you know, I know the listeners can't see us, but we actually look around the same age. So you're definitely not old, but you definitely have stepped in terrain more than I have, specifically in the entrepreneurial world. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and you know the different frameworks that you have to offer. Yeah about how to help people stay in their business. Cause I see this over and over again uh, in, in, as an entrepreneur for myself, I've experienced it and I see it with others. They say it's like some crazy number, like 5% or 3% of people who start their own business actually succeed because it's hard. It's like, there's a lot of mm-hmm. burnout and overwhelm. It's funny. I actually did a summit back in 2021 and about how, what this entrepreneurial roller coaster looks like and how to get on and stay on the ride to success. And so you have been in business for over 25 years. And so, like you said, as mentioned in the introduction, you've worked out all the kinks. So let's start with your story. Like who is Pete Moore and and why do you want to help entrepreneurs get unstuck and 
really have the framework so that they can make their dreams come true with their businesses? Well, first of all, as kind of you as it was to say that I've worked out all the kinks, I don't think the kinks are ever always worked out. <laughs> There's always kinks. And I mean, that's just part of being an entrepreneur. And it's okay. And it's good. And the real thing is that you need to know and, and work with sort of frameworks that minimize those frustrations and allow you to push through when you do have some fires to put out. And I think everybody in business, you've had them, I've had them, we've had lots of them. And in fact, they, they show up a lot and it's how you deal with them. And so for my, you were asking about sort of a little bit of my history, but yes, I've been going at it for 27 years now on sort of a formal business side of things and since 1994. And the business that I first started in 94 still exists today. I sold it in 2009, still doing well and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. But it's in interesting to see the progression of some of the stuff that have, have been put out there. I had that business and it was a franchise that I started fresh out of university. And it's like, okay, I'm going to get into business and worked for a friend of mine for about six months and determined great friend, my dad's best friend, great business, but it, it determined it just wasn't for me. So I got into my own business and then ran it, started up solo entrepreneur. I'm out doing my bathroom renovations and fixing bathtubs and acrylic wall systems and spraying cabinets and all sorts of different stuff, kitchen cabinets and built that business along the way, added trucks. And then we ended up coming in with another business and we bought an underperforming cleaning franchise and we grew it from a period of 10 years from about 30 clients to 300 clients while I still had the other business. And then we kind of had both of those. I've always usually had two businesses on the go or maybe even more at times, but typically two businesses on the go along the way. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm ready for a change. In 2007, I went back, took my executive MBA, and I decided I wanted to sell those businesses by the time I was going to graduate my executive MBA in 2009. I figured I'm going to go into big business. I haven't done big business yet. So I'm going to go into big business for a few years, take the learnings there, come back out do a different business. Well, I didn't end up getting there. So I finished my MBA, went to work and became a realtor and helped people buy and sell businesses as a licensed business broker. And from that perspective, that's where I found the shoe company and the shoe, the, it's called Shootopia here in Ontario. And uh, I pitched it to somebody else as a broker. And he said, there's no way I could get my family to move to some little town in southwestern Ontario. I'm a city guy from Ottawa. And so I, I was like, well, we're small town people. We like living in small town. We, and I commuted into Ottawa every day at the time. And so we made the move. We bought the business. We bought another shoe store. We opened a third shoe store. We closed the shoe store. And those are some of the learnings along the way that we've had. I've opened some other business. I opened a, another business for sanitation through COVID. And I now have Simplifying Entrepreneurship, which is why we're having this chat today, where I'm helping other people navigate through the challenges of being a business owner. A lot of times, business owners are on their own. Even if they're married or they have a partner or whatever the case is, typically their partner doesn't want to hear about it anymore. It's like, yeah, I just don't want to hear about it anymore. And their friends don't know what the heck they're talking about they, they don't get it because maybe they're not business owners or maybe they're not in the same industry of you or whatever, but you can't talk to your friends half the time because they just don't get it. And if you do have a team, your team, as open as you are as the leader and all this sort of stuff, your team generally doesn't tell you their true and honest opinions about everything. So who do you talk to? 
And basically, I, I became a business coach and I work with entrepreneurs, helping them through some of those challenges of change and of systems and of hitting the ceiling and how do I push through. And it usually revolves around the four P's that we'll chat a little bit about today. I'm really excited when anyone comes in with a framework because the human brain wants to categorize things and put things in boxes all nice and neat, at least mine does. So I'm excited about talking about the four P's of your framework to help people stick with it. When you help as a business coach, is Mm -hmm. your ideal client people who have brick and mortar businesses? Not necessarily. I mean, I work with retailers. I'm a retailer. So I, I run groups like I, I, I run one on one coaching, but I also run groups as well. So I do run groups with retailers and things like that as well. I, I help brick and mortar people, but I help a lot of professionals, realtors, insurance agents, lawyers, uh, a lot of just sort of professional people uh, tend to be a big client base for me. And then on the brick and mortar side of things, yeah, my last discovery call earlier today was a roofing company. And I do have a trades background, as I told you a little bit a while ago. So, I mean, I've grown businesses from zero trucks up and adding trucks and doing all that stuff and going through the human resources, the sales and the marketing. So I do have kind of, you, like you said, it. I'm, I'm an old dude in business now. So, <laughs> so 27 <laughs> no. years later. But I have seen a lot of stuff and I've been through a lot of things so I can really talk. And when we're talking about the type of coaching that I do, which is really working with the leaders of the business, it's more around how do you lead your business and what do you want out of your life? Because we get into business as an owner because we want a better life. We want a better future. And from that perspective, when we get sort of mired down in the day-to-day working 50, 60, 70 hours a week and we're not, you can't get your head up for air and you're not never haven't taken a vacation in the last three years and you haven't seen your friends and all this sort of stuff that's sort of a normal thing for a lot of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. it's pretty normal so working through that and and giving them back their time so that they can go and if maybe they want to use their time it doesn't matter how they use their time it's up to them maybe they want to start a side project maybe they want to take more vacation maybe they want to spend more time going to see their kids little league games that they don't get to see it doesn't matter how you use your time but really i'm so interested in uh, enabling frameworks that help people get out of the management of their business and into the leadership of their business so they're working on their business even more than they're working in their business and letting the people in their business flourish and do really well so that they're propelling the growth of the business with your guidance. And then you're really working on the next best thing Mm. as you look down the future of how you want to live your life as the owner of the business. That's awesome. Okay, let's jump into it. The four P's of your business so that you can have everything that Pete just said, more freedom, more time with this framework, you can expand your business, have more financial freedom as well. And so I'm really excited. Okay. What's the first P? Okay. So keep in mind, nothing is ever perfect, but we're always trying to perfect. And I think if you read those words, it's the same word, but if you, the intonation is nothing's ever perfect, but we're always trying to perfect. We're always trying to increase the ability for us to make these things better. And the first P is your product. So if you've been in business a long time, and when I use the word product, it could be service as well, right? Or program, however you want to call it, but your offering. 
So from the product base, you need to go back and really assess, are these products the right products to deliver what I need out of my life and out of my business? And are they delivering my profit? Are they delivering the, are they delivering the promise still to the clients that I want to attract? And often when we've been in business for a while, we look at some of these legacy products that we have and we're like, well, we've always done that. And I'll use my shoe stores as an example. We don't sell kids shoes anymore. Well, why don't we sell kids shoes anymore? Because whenever we brought them in, they never sold at full price. They only sold it on sale or at a very discount to where we would lose money every time. They only sold for two weeks a year back to school. There was a variety of different reasons. They took up a lot of space in our store that we could use for other areas and other things that did turn all year long and other things that brought us profit and other things that were closely aligned with our ideal customer. So when you look at that, what are the products that you currently have that you need to let go? And that's probably about 10% of your product offering. The 80% is doing really well for you and bringing you your income, all that sort of stuff. And then you need to be forever looking for the next new 10%. And that next new 10%, the old 80-20 rule, you've got 10, 80, 10. And that next 10% is all about bringing your offering bringing that promise that you offer to your clients in a cheaper way, a faster way, and a way that makes more sense for them, that's easier to use. And when you do those things and you put it in that framework of cheaper, faster, easier to use, then it's easy to let those old ones go, put them to bed and look at this because that's truly what your client wants. They want to deal with you and, and get the promise because you're selling them a better future. That's what everybody buys all the time, a better future, whether it's a pair of shoes or whether it's a coaching program or whether it's lessons, personal training lessons at the gym, you know, all these different things you're selling a better future. And from that perspective, they want it in a cheaper, easier way to use. Like it just has to end faster, right? So we are always looking for that within our product mix. So I encourage you, as soon as you get off this, this call, to look at your product mix, think about what needs to go. And if you're not spending time at the new stuff, and you're not spending time on the leading edge of your industry, whatever your industry is, understanding how people can get your product and this type of things that you offer in a cheaper way, in a faster way, and one that's easier to use, then you need to set yourself some time in order to really discover that. Good advice. I think we get often stuck on what we're already offering that we close our minds and our eyes to what else is available in terms mm -hmm. of what's, like you said, the cutting edge or what's trending next. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it's important as a business to always be on the edge of what's coming next or being able to anticipate that for the yeah. customer. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. And the next, the next one is, rolling into your process. So first we have product and then we go into process or processes as they say in the States more uh, here in Canada, it's process for the most part. But when we look at our process, basically there are so many processes in your business, right from hiring that first employee. What's the process that you take that person through? What's the process of their training? What's the process of them you bringing that to market for your uh, customers? All of the different processes, you have processes for your marketing, processes for your bookkeeping, you have processes for how, if you're a brick and mortar store, how to um, 
cash somebody out at the till or your process for how to transact online for somebody who's selling an online course. What are those processes and how are we doing the very same thing? Letting the 10% go, focusing on the 80 and making those. And when we look at that, what we want to do is we want to assess those 80s. We want to advance them and we want to move those ahead as well and make them even better in perfecting the processes of that 80 chunk that we're just talking about. And then looking at the new and improved stuff, continuously looking at the new and adopting and trying and testing those new things that are going to make your processes in your business even better. And I'll just use one example. We work with a ton of them, right down to, you know, inbox zero and all this sort of stuff about how are you processing your email and how are you, how are you connecting? We connected today for our um, conversation. Are you using Calendly? I mean, the average sort of idea around process for calendar appointments. I mean, seven to 13 back and forth to book an appointment, either through email or text, or when you can use something as simple as Calendly that you send me your availability. I look at my availability and they say, I'll be here at, at Thursday at two o'clock. I mean, how much time does that save you over the course of booking appointments all year long? There are so many automations. There are so many new things happening that are going to free up your time. And that's basically what process does. If you do something more than three times, it deserves a process and it deserves a way to have it even better. And hopefully you're going to optimize the process, automate the process or outsource the process. And by the way, that's a framework from a friend of mine, Ari Mizell, who who's like a process guru, but love his stuff. And always looking to automate those optimize them first, make them perfect, right? As much as you can automate as much as you can using tools, or sometimes even somebody else on your team or an outsource partner to automate that piece of the puzzle and then outsource it. And outsourcing can be outsource partners, or it can be an in-source partner where I call in-source, but your own team as well. But basically you're, it's, you're getting it off your shoulders and onto somebody else for the accountability of it. Mm. Right. With the technologies, we're letting the technologies be accountable for that and setting up the appointment and, and that kind of stuff. But when we're transferring that to somebody else, a person to do, then we need to make sure that we have those processes in place. So that when they're accountable to get that, whatever it is that we're actually outsourcing, so important to lay out the frameworks. And most people, it's the same thing. Most people have processes in their businesses that are so old and outdated that nobody's ever looked at it. Nobody knows what to do. And other people, have new systems that they're using within their business that nobody's even written down and they're the only ones that know it they're the only ones that have it in their head so what happens if they're off for a day and something needs to get done doesn't get done right so the formation of processes has to be a critical factor of your business in ongoing in order to create your promise and, and deliver your promise to your client every you know in that same critical concise way yeah. I remember when I first started using a calendar system and it opened up my schedule up so much. So I love that you use that, that example, because yeah. I can totally relate and be like, yeah, right. Cause going, Life changing. Forward, yeah, exactly. Well, and it also paying attention to processes. I started doing a little bit more as I realized I'm probably going to have to hire on, on a team. And so I appreciate you saying that your processes are really in a, a way for you to 
hold your team accountable and making sure yeah. things are getting done and holding you accountable to your customers that things are getting done for them as well. So processes is so important. Awesome. Okay. So the third P is people, people so important. And often the biggest worry for almost everybody you see, for those of you, if you're watching video, you see, I don't have a lot of hair. It's already been pulled out. Those were in my earlier years, I think, but <laughs> it doesn't grow back after it's been pulled out. <laughs> so, but anyway, people uh, cause a lot of frustration in businesses. And I'll tell you that I break them down into three different areas. One, your ideal client. Two, your ideal team members. And three, your ideal partners in your business. And, and I used like wholesalers or suppliers or anybody who's helping you deliver your promise. And I keep coming back to this. You have to keep that in mind all the time. How am I delivering my promise through all of these things, the product, the process, and your people? And how am I delivering that through, right? And, and when I look at that, I mean, I like to dashboard things, Pauline. And so the best way to do this with your people is, and you can do it with your process, you can do it with your product too, but the best way to do it with your people, when you think of an ideal client, think of the person, I'm sure you have one in your mind, your very best ever client, your very best ever client. It's like, oh, you know, it's Shirley. And Shirley's been my best client for five years. She, you know, she pays her bills. She does her stuff. She, all these things that really make her your best client, write them down, write them down. Like right now, as soon as you're having, we're having this chat and then your worst client. Oh, that's Sean. I know him and I remember him and I don't ever want to deal with somebody like that again. So write why that experience was a bad one. And then everybody else sort of lands in the middle, right? And how are we, when, when a new client comes in, how are we marking them up? How are we dashboarding them? Are they a three? Are they a seven? Are they a 10? And, and, and start understanding the flow, the questioning of, of that client, what they truly want. Dig a little deeper into what they want from you and how you can deliver your promise because they came to you with a problem. You have a solution and now you're selling the life after, right? That's the, that's the flow. All, all the flows around all of your sales and marketing, what's the client's problem? How do your solutions marry to that? And how is their life going to look afterwards, right? So working through that, then, then you've got this, this idea of who your ideal client is, and, and you turn on everything you can do to attract more of those. Same sort of thing with your team members. Your team members have to be in complete sort of focus with what you're trying to deliver, your mission, the communication around, even like I said, from hiring that first person, are they in alignment with your mission? Have you clearly outlined all of that sort of stuff and your vision, all of that kind of thing that you're rolling through. And that's typically what we work with in aligning all of that so that even from when you hire the person to when you're having their quarterly reviews, all the way along the way, it's so costly to hire a person these days and training and all this stuff. You want to make sure you have the best chance to get somebody on board that's fully aligned, that's going to stay for a long time. And that's going to help you and wants to help you deliver your promise to your cluster, customer, right? And lastly is that supplier. And it's that same sort of thing at the shoe stores. I'll go back to my shoe stores. I rate my suppliers. I rate them. And I have a, a scorecard and it's like, 
are you present in our store? Do they actually come or do they just want virtual meetings? Do they uh, honor their returns, for example? Do they, you know, all this, do they give us co-op dollars? Is their rep available when we need them? All these different things that are important to me with my suppliers from that for that business, I list them all down and I rate them on a scale. And from that perspective, then we, when I sit down with them, it's like, well, this is why we're doing this amount of business with you because my other alternative is to deal with this supplier and look at their chart, right? So rate your suppliers, rate your team, rate your customers. And you're always looking again to perfect, but it's never perfect. Those three things in your people mix, because all three of those things have an incredible amount to do with your fourth P, which is your profit. Mm, Yes. Right. Yeah. Because you can't have profit if you don't have the right product, if you don't have the right process to deliver it, if you don't have the right people, both your suppliers, your uh, team and your ideal clients the profit doesn't come. And when you can start perfecting those three things underneath it, it's even more profit. And when you get even more profit, well, what you can do with that is you are creating your freedom. Do you want the freedom of time? Well, you can buy your time back. You can hire other managers. You can hire other outsource partners and you can release. And that's a big part of business ownership, small business ownership too, is the ability to release some of the pressure that you have and you feel that you have to know everything. If my client asks me something and I don't know the question, I'm going to look stupid. If my team asks me and I don't know the question, I'm going to look stupid. These are the feelings. These are the questions or the things we're thinking about, right? But ultimately, if you lay these things out with accountabilities in place, you don't look stupid when you're actually saying, well, I'm not the right person to talk to that. That's actually Pauline. You got to go talk to Pauline about that because she's the specialist. It's your business, sure. Pauline's the specialist in that. And she's going to be able to better serve your needs and answer your questions than even I am. Mm -hmm. And when you can start having that delegation there and you can start doing that, it frees you up of, of the constant worry, burden, and all of those sort of things that wrap around having to be the first person to work every day and the last person to leave. Yes, yes. Well, and I can imagine if you have all those P's situated in just the right place, then you can trust that it's all going to be taken care of. You can trust the product, you can trust the processes, and you can trust the people. So you don't have to be the first one in and the last one out. You don't. And that's the big piece right there, right? And you tend not to trust when you aren't confident in those things. When you're not confident in those yourself, then it's hard to trust anything else. Setting it up properly really is the big thing there because when you set it up, you're building your confidence and clarity is the key point. And a lot of what I talk to is this idea around when you have clarity, you build your confidence. And when you build your confidence, you ignite momentum. Yes. So Not only for yourself, but for everybody else that's around you. Right, because everyone's looking to you. Trust has to start with you. Your customers have to trust you that you have everything else on your side in the right spots using the right products processes and people so you can deliver that promise so with that i can imagine someone listening to this right now and feeling like oh my gosh i'm feeling overwhelmed Mm -hmm. right all the stuff products process people and within each one of those there's lots to do what's the very first thing that you think a new small business owner should focus on 
Well, it depends on where you're at, whether you have people or not, or whether, I mean, if you're a solopreneur, the biggest thing is getting the right product, you know, and understanding what problem you're solving. I don't mean perfecting your product because there's a lot of people that continuously try to perfect their product without even testing it on the marketplace. And they fail. When we talked to talked about those failures of business, they fail before they even get started. They fail before they even get their first check because they've ran out of money in cash flow. So the big thing is you need to have whatever that service is and that product is rolling so that you can actually start getting some cash flow. So once that cash flow is going and you've then then you're just testing. You're always trying to perfect that product, right? You're always testing and saying, well, this worked well, this didn't work well and all this kind of stuff. But it's that idea of ebbs and flows when you're first getting going because you're testing your product, you're testing your process. Sometimes you're testing your people, especially your customers. It's like, hmm. I'll take this one. I'm not sure. And then at the end of it, it's like, mm, they're awesome or mm, no thanks. Right. And those testing, that's a lot of what happens in particular in the first three years, the first three years of every business seems to be sort of really honing some of that stuff and working through some of those things and getting those processes in place and systems. And once that happens, then you can hone them even deeper and look for more profit. Yeah. Okay. This is the last question, Pete. Because what I'm observing from you is that you love this. Yeah, yeah that's great. I do love talking. Well, you love business and you've been in yeah. business for 27 years. So there's something about it that you love. And I yeah. think we often forget to ask entrepreneurs, what do you love about business and entrepreneurship? You came out of school saying, mm-hmm. I want to be in business. And you followed that and then you expanded your skill set and then your education with your master's. So like there's something about it that you love. So I just want to get in touch with that as the last thing we say today. Well, I'll tell you to reel it back a little bit. It hasn't all been glory and joy. And that's okay. You know, we've had some struggles with our businesses over the years and they've been learning experiences and I wouldn't change anything. I really like literally wouldn't change anything along the way. I, there's, there's some losses that I wouldn't want to have taken, but at the same time, you know, learning from those kind of things, it's part of the journey that I signed up for when I, when I want decided to be an entrepreneur and, you know, the conversations that I've met, the people that I've met, we're having this conversation today about business and it's all because we're in business. All of these different things give me energy. They don't suck the energy from me because I'm, I really feel that, you know, what I do and how I've set my business up allows me to have these conversations. I'm not, I'm not in my shoe stores today. I'm not, you know, doing these other things. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you because that's what gives me energy and, and excitement. And from that perspective right now, that's, I've been able to set my businesses up to allow me the freedom to do what I want to do. Right. And it's taken some time. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes some time and that's okay because you have to start somewhere. And when you start, you can build this journey and you can sort of build this idea of what you want out of it. And that's where it starts for most of my coaching clients, Pauline, is that we really start about what do you want out of your life? And I've developed a one page planner that I'm happy to share with anybody. It's a digital planner system that we can talk about and you can maybe include in the show links if you like. But from that side, it's like, let's plan out your 25 year strategy and right down to your daily strategy. And from that perspective, when you have that clarity about what you want from your business, then you start turning around and building the business to create the life that you want instead of 
spending all of your time working in your business. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I, I think the the idea of that, the idea of making my own way, calling my own shots, and yeah, are there risks? Yes, there are. And you know, all of those things I was perfectly good with. And I perfectly am good with, and I don't think I'll change anything along the way. I have no, no intentions on retiring. I love being in business. I love talking to business and people and it fires me up. So when people will say I'm 50 years old, but when people will say, Hey, when are you going to retire? It's like, I have no intention on retiring. Now I don't want to be, you know, doing laborsome jobs when I'm 92 years old, but I, we could have these conversations when I'm 92 years old and I'd be happy to do that and want to do that. So all of those kind of things and what, you know, I just kind of throw it back to the audience. What do you want from your life? What's the legacy that you want to live and how can you structure your business through these things we've talked about, your product offering, your process and the people around you in order to create the profit that's going to give you back your freedoms of time, of health, of, you know, think of the health um, issues that have, people have suffered from working overwork and stress and all these other things. Think of the relationships that they have, that have failed through divorce and through you know, family failures and friendship failures and all this other stuff because they've focused their entire being on their business. I love business and I wouldn't change it, but it's not my entire being. And I think that's sort of an interesting thing to look at too. It's like, is there more to your life than your business? That's what I try to do is give people back their time so they can choose what they want to do with it. And in my experience, when I've ever met someone who's extremely successful and that success came fast and furious, once they hit that point, they're often left with, okay, but what's my life stand for? So they've already created this successful business. They have all the money they want. Everything's yeah. running smoothly. They have the P's set in place. Yeah. But really what it comes down to at the end of the day is what is important is what do you stand for in your life? What is the legacy that you get to leave? Yeah. Do you leave the world a little bit better than the way you found it when you came into yeah. it? and I really appreciate you taking the time with your clients, with us to remind us that let's design your, your life first. And the business is a means to an end for your life. We've been sitting here talking about the four P's about the business, but in actuality, those four P's help support our ability to have the life that we want. And that's truly important. And I think when we're at that point, then we're truly victorious and we can leave this world saying, I won. All the small victories, right? Yeah, exactly. And each of these P's is part of the, you know, the small part the parts and the victories of your business to then create this flourishing business that again, allows you to have the lifestyle that you choose. And when it comes down to it, it's how did we love who are the people that we got to touch? Who touched us? How did we grow? What did we learn? There's so much. It's part of the bigger picture. Now I'm like all about the peas. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> picture and <laughs> peas. Yeah. Essentially, that's what we all want. And so I want to thank you, Pete, for coming on and letting us learn from your experience and wisdom. Yeah that you've picked up. I will link up in the show notes that digital planner, if, if you're willing to share with the audience, yeah, for sure. that would be really huge. I know when 
we talk as business coaches, sometimes a lot of coaches focus on the business as if it's, again, some compartmentalized box away from the rest of our life. And if you've been in business for any amount of time, you know that is not the case. You know, They're absolutely coupled. Yes, absolutely. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for doing what you do. And to the listener, hope this was helpful for you. Like I said earlier, the business is a means to an end. You can pour your life and your soul into your business because perhaps it's an expression of who you are and what you want to leave in this world as part of your legacy. But there's a bigger picture at hand and that's your life and and what your life stands for. So if we can put these four P's into place with our businesses, then we can reap the benefits of peace and freedom. And like I said earlier, truly be victorious when we lay our heads down for the last time on this earth and say, I've ran the race and I've won. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. And until we meet again, be blessed. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see. You are my pathway into the light. Lead me from shadows to